You're listening to Hire Through Retire, a health and wealth podcast with FOIA leaders, Bill Harmon and Heather Lavalle, tackling all things from 401ks to HSAs and everything in between. We're talking to the best and brightest in the industry to bring you the latest in health, wealth, and investment trends in the workplace. Come along with us on our journey to help all Americans become well-planned, well-invested, and well-protected. Hi, I'm Heather Lavalle, and welcome back to Hire Through Retire. I'm here today with my friend, colleague, and co-host, Bill Harmon. Bill, welcome back. Hey, thanks, Heather. And I'm excited to be back here today. We're really hitting our stride with this podcast, and it's it's hard to believe it's only been about two months since we first kicked it off. We've had some incredible guests thus far, including one of our most recent conversations with our own Angela Harrell and Jay Washington about candid conversations about race in the workplace. If you haven't yet listened, I would strongly encourage you to do so. That's right, Bill. What an impactful conversation that was. And I want to thank Jay and Angela again for the willingness to participate in such an open dialogue. You know, as you said, Bill, the theme of that discussion was around candid conversations about race in the workplace. And one of the things we talked about with Angela and Jay was that in order to create meaningful change, leaders need to have conversations with their people about what they're experiencing and to do so often. So joining us today, we have two incredibly special guests who are here to talk more about that, leading with change. First, it's an honor to have him and our own chairman and CEO of Voya, Rod Martin. Rod, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you, Heather. I'm delighted to join you, Bill, and Adalia to discuss the opportunity that we have in the business community to drive meaningful change in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion. As you and Bill know very well through your leadership, involvement, and support, Voya's DEI task force has accomplished a great deal since we launched it last year, and that will positively impact all of our stakeholders. Externally, we've partnered closely with the CEO Action for Diversity and Inclusion and the Ethosphere Institute's Equity and Social Justice Initiative to positively impact change on a societal level. This is an important business issue that I'm personally passionate about. So thank you for inviting me to join you for these conversations. Well, thanks, Rod. And you mentioned Idalia Hill. Let me introduce Idalia. Idalia is the Director of Strategy and Operations at CEO Action. Idalia is responsible for leading overall strategic and operational responsibility for all CEO Action for diversity and inclusion programs and team members. This includes working closely with CEOs and C-suite leaders of nearly 2,000 Fortune 1000 companies, universities, and nonprofits to advance coalition priorities and impact, which is how we're connected here today. Dahlia, I'm sure I didn't do your role and all the work you do justice, but we are super excited about the conversation we're going to have today and really appreciate you taking the time to talk. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you all so much for welcoming me into the dialogue and excited to just share more with your listeners about kind of who we are and, and what we offer. Well, thank you, Adalia. And, um, you know, Rod, we're going to start with you, our first question. From a business perspective, why is diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace so important? And how does fostering an inclusive culture help move the needle towards a more just and equitable future? You know, many companies have embraced the understanding that diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace isn't just the right thing to do. It's also good for business. In our current social climate, everyone realizes more than ever before that there's much more work to be done. And this is not something new for Voya. We've made diversity and inclusion a priority for our company and our culture since Voya was created. At Voya, 
Our success is made possible by the contributions of everyone on our team and our shared culture of diversity, equity, inclusion, where everyone can bring their whole self to work each and every day. That said, there is more work to be done. Everyone on our team understands this and is embracing the opportunity that we have to drive positive change within Voya and across society. We have an obligation to help to combat racism, injustice, and discrimination, while setting an example for the greater community and moving the needle toward a more just and equitable future. Thanks, Rod. So, Idalia, turning to you, you having just heard from Rod on the importance of diversity and inclusion, I do know that Voya shares a common goal with CEO Action, which is to take measurable action in advancing diversity and inclusion in the workplace. So for those listeners who might not be as familiar with what CEO Action is all about, could you tell us a little more about your journey to become part of it? Absolutely. For those that might not be familiar, here's how I would describe CEO Action. So it is the largest CEO-led initiative focused on advancing diversity, equity, inclusion in the workplace. It was founded and launched in 2017 by 10 CEOs, and it asked those that signed the pledge, what we call signatories, to commit to four specific actions around unconscious bias or implicit bias education, knowledge sharing, developing DNI plans that are elevated to their boards, and hosting candid conversations, which is the great connection to today's dialogue. I always like to say that these things that people are committing to, right, aren't necessarily the complete answer, but they're great, important, concrete steps toward building more diverse and inclusive workplaces. And then for me personally, PwC, which is the company I work for, our U.S. CEO is one of the 10 founding signatories and serves as the chair of the steering committee. The initial story kind of goes back to when he came into office, there were a series of events that motivated him to have a firm-wide conversation on race. That conversation on race led him to speak to other CEOs about the experience he had. And then through those dialogues, he basically came to the realization that one, as a business community, we were treating DNI as competitive advantage instead of societal issue. So we needed to address that. And that two, while many CEOs were saying that DNI was top of mind and they didn't have all the answers, they openly acknowledged that they weren't talking to each other. He said, we need to address this. And so that was a little bit of, of the genesis. Um, and then what's really wonderful is that because of his commitment to realizing the potential of the coalition and his history with it, I've actually been lucky enough to support the inception, launch, and sustainment since 2016, so a year before we launched. I was first responsible for all brand and communications and then took over leading strategy and operations, like, like you mentioned, for the coalition. So I get to come up with all the really cool programs and initiatives um, that everyone participates in. Essentially, like I get to help the coalition be an accelerator for change, which is really cool. And so everything me and my team focuses on is really around helping CEOs and their C-suite leaders kind of convene and learn from each other, cultivate insight and authentic relationships, and contribute their experience and voice to the larger conversation on this issue. Dahlia, I have to say, I am, I am so impressed and then in such a short period of time to be able to take all of the fantastic and positive energy from both the founding CEOs as well as I'm sure as it's grown. And as you talked about, you're taking very explicit action that the CEOs and their organizations can drive forward to take action. Hopefully I framed that up correctly. And I'm, I'm, as we think about action, Rod, I'm going to kind of pivot back to you. Again, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so moved by, by what Adalia just shared. But it, you know, Rod, you were one of the original CEOs to take the pledge that Adalia mentioned. One of the things that we keep hearing is that change comes from the top. And 
I have to say, it's incredibly supportive to work for a company where employees at every level can see that change in action. So can you share a little bit more about how you first got connected to CEO uh, Action and what inspired you to take the pledge and really lean in on uh, all the great work Adalia just framed up? It started with a conversation, a simple conversation with Tim. When we were invited to be an original signatory of CEO Action and for diversity and inclusion in 2017, we immediately accepted. And as Adalia just mentioned, we also had the opportunity to provide some feedback and suggestions on the initial pledge. For me personally, joining the CEO Action for Diversity and Inclusion pledge was clearly the right thing to do for our employees and all of our stakeholders. While diversity, equity, and inclusion have long been foundational elements of the Voya culture, we recognize, as I've mentioned, there is much more to do. We're committed to creating a stronger and better Voya and to contributing to a stronger and better society. So that's why, in addition to our work internally, we partnered with external organizations, such as the CEO Action for Diversity and Inclusion and Ethisphere, to bring together leaders across all industries to help advance and accelerate meaningful change. Thanks, Brad. You know, we recently had those candid conversations and, and we think our, our listeners were saying, well, what can I do? What are the next steps? And so hopefully amongst our audience are some CEOs and some C-suites or other leaders that may be asking, well, Adalia, what, what are some of the other initiatives you have going on at CEO Action and that can help other organizations? And how are you thinking about the path ahead? What's, what's sort of next for these listeners to consider? Well, there are some specific initiatives that I would say have become a hallmark of the coalition and how we support signatories in driving that action. The things that I typically will talk about are uh, the CEO closed-door session and our CHRO CEO summit, which are annual gatherings kind of designed to help inspire action and discuss forward-thinking approaches to advancing DNI strategy. We have an educational resource library that becomes accessible to all of our CEOs, which we call signatories, and then their leaders and, and their teams, which we call delegates, which are all types of tools and resources to drive both employee education. So think of workshops, trainings, et cetera, but also organizational strategy, right? How to set up ERGs, councils, how to get DNI on the board agenda. We mentioned Day of Understanding uh, loosely because that's an initiative to advance year-round complex dialogue which is what we were just talking about in the sense of hosting candid conversations. And we have an actions database, which is a clearinghouse of free resources uh, and DNI practice sharing. So there are some great resources that are there for folks already immediately. And this is actually a perfect time to tee up that, the answer to that second question regarding the future, because this past June, we've actually marked our four-year anniversary. And um, it's scary for me to say that we're going after our most kind of aggressive program offerings uh, the small team has ever undertaken. So there's a lot of things that we're going to announce that hopefully help all of those supporting the strategy kind of advance and move the wall um, even further. This includes what I just mentioned, but also the introduction of new things like a workshop series, right? A five-part thought-provoking series on current issues, things like responding to socialist issues, DNI data and transparency, storytelling and stakeholder management monthly and ad hoc conversations, so peer discussions around DNI strategy elements and also impromptu dialogues that provide an opportunity for folks to connect in response to real-time issues. Perfect example, the recent rise in Asian hate crimes, providing a platform for CHROs and CDOs to come together to actually say, how are we going to respond to this as a business community? What are you doing? What are I doing? And to learn from each other in the sense of some of the challenges that they are having. 
The only other ones that I'll mention that I'm very excited about are CEO Action for Racial Equity, which is another great connection point um, to this group here. But CEO Action for Racial Equity launched in October of 2020. It basically came directly out of a call from the CEOs. We had more than 200 that reached out and said, after the killing of George Floyd, we need to do more. We need to do things that impact society and move beyond just the workplace. And so 20 of those CEOs ended up launching a fellowship program that gives organizations the opportunity to contribute their people to um, research and basically advance public policy efforts at the national, state, and local level that advance racial equity and uh, dive into four different key areas around economic empowerment, public safety, uh, education, and healthcare. They've just announced their eight issues, and I'm excited to see where that actually drives. And then the next thing uh, is mentorship. Thinking of launching informal small group mentoring circles to form and prioritize new relationships between these signatories. So all of these activities are rooted in, in what we're hearing from signatories in terms of their needs, which are directly kind of turnkey resources and more peer networking, which I don't know if listeners would agree with that, but I think having the ability to turn to peers and discuss not just what's working, but also what's not and how you can learn from where someone else has kind of already treaded is, I think, one of the biggest offerings for us. Idalia, I love that. I love that summary and the focus around the turnkey resources and networking, because that is so critical. And obviously, you and your team are, are playing such a key role in uh, helping signatories and their organizations to advance DEI within their company. Um, you also mentioned something, and Rod, I'm going to bring it back to you, the importance of having the candid conversation, showing respect. You know, I do think that obviously very much has to start from, from the top. So Rod, one of the things we know um, that is so important is uh, the ability to show respect, but also uh, candor. I wanted to ask you as a leader and, and a very influential leader at that, what is your approach to encouraging candid conversations in the workplace? Heather, I think we all realize that having the difficult conversations can be challenging, but it's incredibly important in driving change. These conversations are about demonstrating understanding, solidarity, and leadership. For me, one of the most important considerations is understanding the need to be an active listener. We have sought out the opportunity to hear from many of our colleagues, and these conversations, as we've discussed, have been candid and transparent, and they've included sharing personal experiences of racism. Those conversations were emotional, and I felt both empathy and anger at what some of our colleagues and their families have had to endure. In order for change to come, it's important that we continue to have those conversations to understand what all of our colleagues are feeling. And that's one of the things I'm most proud of, the way all of our people have come together to support each other. Yeah, you know, Rod, we, we did have those candid conversations and it was Heather, it was you and, and, and I, and we had uh, some of our other colleagues and there was, it was very organic. It was very raw. We were very vulnerable. And I'm so happy we did have that. We're a better leadership group and we're a better organization because we started that. So Idalia, for those that are listening and saying, okay, I'm interested, but you know, how do I do it? How do I start it? Are there some ways in which you can equip some individuals to host these conversations, some of these leaders to facilitate these conversations? So we've mentioned candid conversations a few times, and for us, it's a key part uh, of CEO Action being one of the four pledge commitments. And we have a key initiative called Day of Understanding, which is designed to help organizations start or continue to execute complex conversations about diversity and inclusion topics. 
because it's core to who we are, we do have workshops, trainings, facilitator guides, uh, limited series podcasts that focuses on organizing and sustaining conversations, but also preparing leaders, what we call signatory-led communities, which are actually organizations that come together by like industry or function or region. And we actually have hosting candid conversations as one of these focal points that bring people together. But I would say even if you're not a signatory, there are great resources on the website. And some of the tips that I've garnered from those just going through our annual day of understanding is the notion of offering regular opportunities. Instead of asking kind of the question of should we have these conversations, change the question to how do we have the conversations effectively, right? And get them on the calendar. Share the intent and let your employees know what the purpose of these conversations are. For example, is it to help leadership better understand specific experiences or perspectives or to discuss a particular concern or simply to hear what individuals have to say overall? Highlighting real and personal examples, I was thrilled to hear that that was a big part of of your conversations, right? Being willing to enter those spaces bravely and initiating the conversation with open, authentic vulnerability that help others feel more comfortable and willing to share. And then also acknowledging each other's differences and perspectives, right? We're not always going to agree or see eye to eye. And some folks are sometimes afraid to say what they perceive as the wrong thing, so they don't say anything at all. And for those that are impacted by a topic, maybe they feel overwhelmed or even tired or emotionally drained, right, from feeling the need to always speak up. But giving everybody the ability to show up the way that they kind of want to and show them that their viewpoint is appreciated, I think is is incredibly helpful. And then we've talked a little bit about this too in the sense of it can be intimidating, right? So leading these conversations can be challenging and even scary. And for many leaders, this will be their first time facilitating, you know, candid conversations, but definitely ask for help. Um, develop toolkits, develop resources that guide folks through discussions so they don't feel so, so intimidated. And lastly, the biggest thing that I would give as a tip for folks is to manage the expectations, right? So each conversation is different. We can't predict what will be shared or the feelings that will be expressed. And just kind of, you know, allowing folks to engage in the dialogue to better understand others' perspectives, that may be just the whole point and the expectation that we need to set. So take time after the conversations to reflect and see if there's anything that you as an organization need to do moving forward. Thanks for that, Adalia. And I know one of our colleagues often uses the uh, phrase, give your colleagues grace. And I love the framing of grace to be heard, grace to listen, grace to feel. And um, it allows you to take a step back. And, and as we've been having these conversations, it's you often just hear the thank you for allowing me to be heard. I love the fact that you're you know, helping to provide these, these tool kits for employees to employers to know, you know how, how to go about having these conversations. And I think we'll, we'll use that as a good segue, Rod, for you. Um, my last question for you is, as we think about our listeners and particularly employers who are listening to the podcast and really want to push and accelerate progress within their own companies, what advice would you give them? First and foremost, there's more to do. And we should all be committed to doing more. By way of example, we've taken a step back to re-examine our workforce and to ensure that all of our employees feel valued and have access to equal opportunities. We've listened to our people and our employee resource groups. We hold our leaders accountable by ensuring that each executive committee member 
has a specific diversity plan and goals for the respective groups. And we review and discuss those goals regularly with our board of directors. We believe that diversity, equity, and inclusion must be intentional and individualized. Our employees own our culture and have a responsibility to foster an environment where we all feel comfortable bringing our whole selves to work. Additionally, it's really important to partner with external organizations, such as the CEO Action for Diversity and Inclusion and the Ethosphere Institute. Those organizations are important to drive conversations, as we've discussed, as they work with companies to benchmark their initiatives and share metrics. This has enabled us to all work together to drive meaningful change at scale and to work together to close opportunity gaps and to drive our society forward. Idalia, Rod, thank you so much. This has been an incredible conversation and we we do hope our listeners today can walk away with some truly actionable insights to implement within their own organizations and hopefully be reaching out to you, Idalia, on how they can get involved. Idalia, how would they reach out to you to get involved? Anyone that wants to join CEO Action can simply go to ceoaction.com um, and there is an info at email address that can be used. And the awesome thing is that it actually goes directly to me, not to kind of an empty uh, email box. So anyone that goes to the website and uses that info at ceoaction.com will actually directly connect with me and can learn more. Perfect. Thank you so much. Well, and I will uh, finish and just say, you know, thank you um, both Rod and Adalia. And I'm so glad we, we provided the contact information because I think our listeners took away so much um, great insights today and all of the fantastic work that CEO Action is doing. For everyone listening, thank you for coming along on our journey and uh, we hope you stay well. This information is provided by Voyeur for your education only. Neither Voyeur nor its representatives offer tax or legal advice. Any opinions expressed within do not necessarily reflect those of the Voyeur family of companies or its representatives and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Please consult your tax or legal advisor before making a tax-related investment or insurance decision. Products and services offered through the Voya family of companies.